good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenster on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, Conversation and Talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenster. And on Monday, that feels like a mouthful. But thanks for being with us. It's our Monday morning news hour where we get into the week talking about the news and issues of the day. And it's an open phone line hour. Give us a call, 520-790-2040, and join the conversation uh, before we get going, Matt, good morning to you. Happy Monday. Hope it was a great weekend. Morning, Zach. It was a wonderful weekend. Just uh, beautiful weather out and uh, did a lot of stuff uh, with some friends. So it was a great weekend. Absolutely. No, sounds good. And one of the, I think, last nice weekends of the year. <clears throat> I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but, you know, it's it's starting to warm up. It's starting to warm up out there. Um, the Folk Festival, I heard, went well. I, I didn't have a chance to go, but... Lots going on in uh, in Tucson always. So, you know, March and April, it's a fun time to to be in Tucson. Busy so. downtown, I'll tell you that, this weekend, this past weekend. It, between oh, the 4th Avenue Street Fair and downtown, it oh, yeah. was really uh, hopping. <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't the 4th Avenue Street Fair back after a year or two. I could the, be completely the spring one, yep. that up. Yeah, they missed okay. two of them. Yep. Incredible. Well, it's uh, it's good to be back. In, in Tucson. Again, 520-790-2040 is the number you can use to call in. Uh, no guests on this edition of the Monday Morning News Hour except for you. Give me a call. Uh, a few things that I want to talk about that are on my mind, and Matt, I think this is one of those shows where, uh, you know, I go, am I going to be able to fit everything in? Probably not to one hour, but that's okay because we have plenty of time this week. Uh, I want to talk about and get into... Uh, this really interesting piece and podcast out of the New York Times, uh, written by and hosted by Ezra Klein. Uh, I keep hoping Larry Summers is wrong, but what if he's not? A friend of mine suggested I listen to this, and it was a really interesting listen. I would urge you to listen to it. I've pulled out a few pieces, and uh, policy matters. Good intentions without understanding market dynamics often leads to working families getting kicked in the teeth. I want to talk about that uh, a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about what's coming up in the city and county this week. Both the city and county have their meetings. This is our Monday morning news hour. I'll share with you what I think are the highlights from both as you get ready to make sense of what's happening in the region. Uh, we'll cover hotspot policing, we'll cover homelessness, and we'll cover transition in Pima County. I think I also want to get to Space City of the Southwest. I'm getting ready to lean into that hard on the show. I want to talk about why I think we are in Pittsburgh's a Pittsburgh moment for Tucson, Arizona. So that's a bit of the show today. Matt, before we get too far in on our Not A Sports Show show, Thankfully for our listeners, March Madness ends tonight. Uh, North Carolina plays Kansas for the men's championship. South Carolina won on the women's side yesterday. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to try to watch the game. I have a meeting tonight, so I'll miss at least half of it. But, you know, uh, it's it's the championship. I'll probably watch it. Any interest, Matt, or not so much since Arizona left way too early a little bit i think it's going to be a good game i think because uh, north carolina despite being an eight seed has played hard for the entire tournament and uh, kansas 
sort sort of looks unstoppable and they look really good so i think you got two teams that are playing their absolute best basketball and um i think it's going to be a heck of a matchup that's my prediction now famous last words it'll be a blowout i'm sure but uh just because i said that but seems like it's going to be a good game yeah, no, I think so. And I'm going to go to an early break on this note. Not a sports show show. We have lots of friends in the industry who we do great sports it. shows. This, I know, I know. This is, but but it's so catchy. Not a sports show show. Um, I got to keep kind of keep it alive. But there is an Arizona connection to tonight's game. There's probably more than one, but there's one <clears throat> that many people may not know about because it doesn't come from McHale Center. Um, but former ASU basketball player Remy Martin, sure. Um, uh, at least up until the last couple of uh, through the first couple of games in the tourney, was leading Kansas. And if you ask the Kansas team, they probably wouldn't be where they are without Remy Martin. And uh, I actually remember watching Remy his first couple years at Arizona State University. You know, watching the Pac-12 Network or whatever. And, you know, was never able to kind of fully pull it together. You could see he was probably the best player uh, on the roster, but really didn't have the pieces around to make a go of it. And he's been kind of a surprise for Kansas in the late part of the season. But I don't think Kansas ends up in the uh, in the championship game without former Arizona State basketball standout Remy Martin. So there's your Arizona connection, at least one of them, to tonight's game. There also, you go. See, it relates. Uh, also happened to notice uh, Daniel Burke, who was a sports writer with the uh, Arizona Daily Star, and then he worked for Arizona Athletics for a while, and I happened to okay. notice him s- seated in the benches or in the uh, press area behind uh, Bill Self. So apparently he's moved over go. to KU. There we go. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know if that means that I can... I can I don't think I can make myself cheer for Kansas. So you've I got might... as many level 5 uh, viol- or level 1 <laughs> violations as uh, Arizona, so interesting interesting situation. Somehow they don't talk about it as much as they do. No, about they don't. No, you are correct, Zach. <laughs> Uh-oh, did we stumble on Matt's or one of Matt's soapboxes? I think we did. On our not a sports Just show. Just possibly. <laughs> And that might be a great place to take a break. Matt, let's do that. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about um, why uh, smart people, smarter than me, uh, think that our inflation is going to continue for a time to come. How good intentions without an understanding of the market leads to working families getting kicked in the teeth. The people that we want to help when we don't do it in the right way ends up sending them back further I keep hoping Larry Summers is wrong, says Ezra Klein about inflation, but what if he's not? That and much more on the other side. Welcome to the Monday News Hour edition of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on 1030 The Voice. We'll be back in a minute. CBS News at the top and bottom of every hour. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. 
The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Ween of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Happy Monday to you. You're listening to the Monday Morning News Hour edition of Tipping Point with me, your host, Zach Yenser, here on 1030. The Voice, lots to get into and cover, but it is an open uh, phone line hour. Give us a call, 520-790-2040. We'll get to as many calls as we can. 
Uh, so I was listening over the weekend. Uh, you know, I keep things local. And by the way, after the bottom of the hour, uh, I want to give you my overview of what's happening that's important uh, in the city and county this week as both hold meetings. And then I want to talk about Space City of the Southwest uh, and why I think we need to keep doubling down on it and why I'm going to double down on it here on the show. But a, a rare national-level conversation on the show. A friend of mine suggested that I listen to the podcast hosted by Ezra Klein, the Ezra Klein Show on the New York Times, his interview of Larry Summers. It's titled, I Keep Hoping Larry Summers is Wrong, But What If He's Not? And it's speaking to um, why inflation uh, that was expected and was said to be so short-lived, why are we still having it and is it going to go away? And are the uh, certainly, if you are a liberal or progressive Democrat, the the benefits that you hoped would be true uh, with some of the stimulus from last year in 2020, what it would do for working families? Uh, Ezra Klein, as a Democrat, is saying, "Wait a second, maybe the positives, uh, the hoped for outcomes, will be less lived." And I am a policy nerd. Policy matters, right? Not the get in the weeds, lose the forest or the trees, but policy matters. Policy matters more than ideas. Policy matters more than slogans. Policy matters more than stump speeches. You can have good intentions and bad policy and you can kick in the teeth, of course, unintentionally, you can kick in the teeth the people you most want to serve with bad policy. And I think this is an example. And before I get into it, my interest in this podcast is because you have Ezra Klein, who is unabashedly uh, a left-leaning Democrat, probably heading towards progressive. He's pragmatic. He's a great listen, but he's definitely left to center. Larry Summers was tapped by President Barack Obama in 2009 to serve as the director of the National Economic Council. He was the guy that guided the country um, through and out of the Great Recession. And it's interesting because Larry Summers says, you know, because Ezra Klein is saying, I hope you're wrong about the length of inflation in this country and the impacts of it. And I'm really bummed because as a progressive, this is Ezra Klein speaking, as a progressive, I had hoped that a tighter labor market would increase wages, that we were finally getting money to the hands of the people who needed it. We were achieving progressive goals. And now working families are getting impacted harder over a longer term. And Larry Summers says, look, I've been in this game all my life. I do not disagree with you about the ends. This is a quote from the podcast. Larry Summers says, I went to economics because I believe that by controlling recessions and preventing downturns, you could change livelihoods for millions of families. So I share the completely emotional feelings that you describe around the benefits of a strong economy. But I think it's very important not to be short-sighted and to recognize that what we care about is not just the level of employment this year, but the level of employment average over the next 10 years, that we care not just about wages and opportunities this year, but we care about wages and opportunities over the long term. So, so I'm setting this up to say these are not two conservatives. These are not two Republicans. 
These are, are people who probably share a, a vision of the ends. But Larry Summers says, uh, on, the, on the way to get there, I have some sharp concerns with the current administration. And my interest is piqued on these conversations because these are not individuals who are here to make this a talking point. And I think in our political world, um, parties use talking points ahead of elections. So when I see two Democrats having this question or this conversation, my ears peak up because my sense is that it's going to actually be a conversation about issues and not talking points. So you can believe these two people, I think, a little bit more than you might from someone who comes at it from a position on the right who may not be wrong about the issue but is going to politicize it. I think prophets to their own people are interesting voices that I want to hear. This is a very in-depth conversation. Larry Summers broke it down really, really well. I'd urge you to go and check out <clears throat> check out this podcast. Here's I, I pulled out a few things that I think are really are really interesting because it pushes back against some of the uh, monetary and fiscal policy ideas uh, of the day. To Larry Summers, this is important. Supply is what it is. Monetary policy can't change it. Fiscal policy can't change it, except in the long run. It is the task of especially the Fed, it is the task of demand to balance supply. If the demand is greater than supply, then you're going to have excess inflation and you're going to have the problems of financial excess. It is the job of the Fed to judge what supply is and to calibrate it. It's not an excuse for inflation to blame it on supply. This places Larry Summers on the opposition to many in the Democratic Party that, that are managing uh, uh, some of the policy. Now, Jerome Powell, current Fed uh, Fed guy, is actually a, a, a Trump pick. So this does break, you know, doesn't break down on party lines, but certainly philosophically, it does. The job is to look for measures of overheating, and when you see measures of overheating, to apply restraint. And it's those measures, says Larry Summers, that I saw as developing through 2021 that were not being responded to that led to my being quite alarmed and led to a situation where before Ukraine, before China, wage inflation in the U.S. was running at above a 6% rate and the labor market was only getting tighter. So we had a problem that was of excess demand, whether the extent to which the excess demand was related to supply being different. The job is to manage so as to avoid excess demand. I, I think the aha moment for me in this podcast was that we are not living in unprecedented times. We have been here before. We have tried many of the ideas we are trying now before, and they failed then. And by the way, I, you know that's not an agenda of mine to shape that narrative and come and tell you about that. I was going for a run listening to this podcast, and I went, my goodness. You know, I wasn't around in the '70s. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't alive and conscious during the Jimmy Carter area into Reagan. But my goodness, we're there again. One more clip. Economists used to think that it was just the kind of trade-off that you talked about before. If we could just live with a little more inflation, we could have lower unemployment, and that would do so much for social justice. This is Larry Summers speaking. That was the prevailing macroeconomic theory of the 1960s. 
And that theory ended in the stagflation of the 1970s where we got the inflation, we got the acceleration in inflation, and we didn't get any enduring benefit in terms of lower unemployment. Remember, that thing that we have to look at over a 10-year period. That's when economists revised their theory. That's when credibility became important. That's what led Paul Volcker to do what he did. That's when we've had downturns. They've had to do with the different subject, huge problems in the financial sector. That's the crucial issue today. Are we gonna keep things under control or are we going to allow expectations to fully increase and create a need to do again what Paul Volcker did at enormous cost from 1979 to 1982? My friends, if this does not cool, if this situation, and by the way, I think we'll have inflation at this uh, kind of, uh, maybe not at this level, but nearing this level for the next year, if we do not change course, we may need someone to come in as they did from 1979 to 1982 to basically create a recession that resets the market. You're, hear my, you're hearing in my voice the aha moment that I had. I didn't know this. My goodness, we've been here before. We've tried what we're doing before. We've been in this spot before. It ended poorly. And we try to do all the things for the right reasons. And we know how it ended and it's about to end that way again, says Larry Summers. And I'm starting to agree. Good intentions without understanding policy and the market and the constraints of the market lead to working families getting kicked in the teeth every time. This was amazing to me. Right? Many of you guys know I don't come in wearing team red shirt, blue shirt. I, I, was, on a, I was on a run for crying out loud, uh, listening to this because someone suggested it. And I went, I got to talk about this on the show because this is crazy. I mean, we are not in unprecedented times. We've tried this. And a lot of folks, you know, who want to see a tighter labor market, wages go up, want to see some of the overheating that we're seeing, you know, talk about, well, we need to be more supply side. We need to get supply going. That is not a short-term solution. If you take demand and supply out of whack, I'm learning, it takes years to reset that and a lot of pain. We've been here before. And I'm starting to wonder if we're going to go back to that again. Policy has consequences and I'm seeing it at a local level and I'm seeing it at a federal level and this was a conversation that wasn't tinged with midterm politics just a hard-nosed economist about the data someone that President Barack Obama said take us out of the recession check out the podcast I keep hoping Larry Summers is wrong but what if he's not it was a learning moment for me. I don't have all the answers. This was a good learning moment for me. When we come back, I want to talk about what's coming up in the city and county this week, the issues on the agenda as both city council and board of supervisors get to work this week. What's on the agenda? I'll tell you and my thoughts on the other side. You're listening to Tipping Point on 1030 The Voice. We'll be right back. The 
The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice. Welcome to this Monday morning news hour edition of the show. Thanks for being with us. Give us a call, 520-790-2040. We started the show, uh, the heart of the show, really, talking about a, a podcast interview I listened to over the weekend on the Ezra Klein show hosted by the New York Times with Larry Summers, the director under President Barack Obama of the National Economic Council tasked with pulling the country out of the Great Recession. Uh, I keep hoping Larry Summers is wrong about inflation and the impacts, but what if he's not is the name uh, of the podcast. And I talked about how good intentions uh, with bad policy, a misunderstanding of the environment, a misunderstanding of the market leads to working families getting kicked in the teeth. And uh, if you checked, if, if you didn't catch it, listen back to it on the podcast. Let me know what you think. It was a really enlightening conversation, and I shared with you what I learned that for the same exact reasons, we did many of the same things back in uh, the 60s and 70s, and it led to the stagflation of the 70s into the 80s that required a very difficult economic period to reset the market. We live in a four corners world. I don't know, is that a phrase? A, a, a world that has boundaries and constraints. And it is our job to understand that reality that we live in. And so I'll leave this alone. I got a lot to cover, but check out that podcast. Uh, check out my thoughts on it in the second segment. My growing passion is that whether it is local issues, state issues, federal issues, 
When we pair good intentions with bad policy, it is working families who get impacted worst, first, uh, and most. And I don't care whether it is homelessness, uh, poor economic uh, performance in a community, uh, jobs, policing, transportation, inflation. It is always working families that get hit worst, most, uh, and first by bad policy, by misunderstanding the world we live in, the constraints of that world, and shaping the best policy within that. Uh, And it hurts my heart, not in a melodramatic way, it really does, it makes me frustrated because so often we kick the people in the teeth that the collective, I'm air quoting, we say that we care about. Policy matters. Policy that is not shaped by just the classroom, or just the politically dogmatic, but policy that is shaped by the real world and the real environment. And I'm seeing in our partisan world a complete detachment from reality by both parties. But I think when it comes to urban policy especially, we're seeing it very close and very upfront. Good Good intentions with bad policy equals working families getting kicked in the teeth. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall. They're serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with me, Zach Yenser, for a 15, 1-5% discount off your next order. Uh, in, uh, in this segment, I want to talk about what's coming up. This is your Monday morning news hour. We talk about what's coming up this week as we come out of the weekend, shaping the week ahead. I've got three themes that I want to share. Let's start with the county because that may be a little bit more simple, a little bit less easy. I want to talk about homelessness, policing on the city side. But on the county side, uh, there's an agenda. There's an addendum to the agenda. And I think the most consequential thing that I saw on both for the Pima County Board of Supervisors tomorrow is the acceptance of the resignation of Chuck Huckleberry, longtime county administrator, effective immediately. And I was talking to some colleagues last week. It was interesting to hear uh, just a few days before last Friday's announcement, which was on April Fool's, I think confusing. Um, I think it should have been a different day. But uh, there was a family announcement earlier that Mr. Huckleberry is recovering well, uh, is inspired and wants to, you know, get back into it. And then 24 to 48 hours later, uh, he resigns and resignation effective immediately. And, uh, you know, I I don't know how much of a surprise that is. We wish uh, Mr. Huckleberry the fastest personal recovery. Uh, Somebody who uh, they say has moments of just lucidity and moments of confusion. And so we hope for him and his family a fast recovery. I, I, I think to run, what is it, the 44th largest county? Maybe it's it's a large county. It actually ranks pretty high across the U.S. of A. Um, I, I think many of us thought, I, I just don't know if he would ever get back to a point where he could uh, run something as big and complex as county bureaucracy. Uh, so that's that's part A. There will be an acceptance of that resignation. Um, And then District 3, uh, Supervisor Bronson has brought to discussion uh, the possible appointment of Jan Lesher, acting county administrator, um, as official county administrator. So 
that's a uh, that's a uh, a big item on the on the county side. Uh, other than that, I, I couldn't see uh, too much else that is uh, of importance. But on the city side, I'll get to that in a minute. There's going to be a report on policing and a report on homelessness. I'm going to give you my thoughts on that in just a second. But Matt, I want to go to the phone lines. Charles has been waiting patiently. Uh, Charles called 520-790-2040, as you can too. Charles, you're live on the air. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Zach. I wanted to say that that was a very lucid and uh, and thoughtful um, uh, ex- explanation of that podcast and uh, and the opinions by Larry Summers. And I think what happens is is people gain perspective and wisdom through basically through age that it changes their perspective on the way things really work versus the way they wish they did. And what I want to say about uh, about solutions and when you say policies have have consequences. The farther any policy gets away from the individual, the more disjointed and unrealistic it becomes. And I like to say that government has the fecal touch. That which it touches, except for certain things it's supposed to do constitutionally, usually turn to crap. And in the name of good, it actually hurts people. That's what most big government does. Not all, but most big government does. And no matter how badly you want it to be otherwise, no matter how idealistically you think you'd like to have a war on poverty and win the war, it's not a winnable war because it's it's not an attainable thing. The the, the earlier in life people understand that, the better a life they're going to have. Charles, I appreciate the call, and it's almost like you're inside my head in the sense that <laughs> my yeah. one of my thoughts listening to this is, you know, what does it? Why why don't we listen to those more who have lived through the uh, the periods before where we have tried things that today feel unprecedented and new and fresh? And but have already been tried. I mean, I know you were listening to that segment, and that was the aha moment for me. Uh, is that we went through this period where we said let's let's have more inflation, we'll have lower unemployment, uh, that will be more socially just for the community. This was the prevailing theory of the '60s, and that theory ended in the stagflation of the 19 uh, of the 1970s. And to me, that was an aha moment that I didn't know before of how, how do we keep repeating the same ideas that haven't worked? And so that was part one. The other is I'm a local control guy, Charles, because I think and I agree with you that the best decisions are made the most local. And I, I am pro-government in the sense that I see and understand uh, an appropriate role in public private sector partnership. There are things that only the public sector can do the best and only things the private sector can do the best. But the more I'm learning and seeing, the more I'm realizing um, that there are plenty of things that the private sector and faith-based organizations can do that are more effective at scale. And that's not because I'm dogmatic uh, about that's the way the world should be. I'm realizing that's the way kind of the the world works and i'm i'm looking back over the last couple of years and thinking to myself what if what if the government local and federal did less and stayed a little bit more out of the way 
would we be where we are today? And 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 I'll stop with this. I'm saying like that to me is not you know a you know kind of a see this is proof of limited government. To me, I've walked through the last couple of years. It's been a learning experience for me. Uh, and, and I'm looking and I'm going, this is really enlightening. And I think about, you know, MMT and some of these monetary theories. And I go, mm-hmm. those theories right. are not connected to the reality of our working families on the ground. So, Charles, uh, you've got me thinking, but those have been my thoughts. I'm having a lot of aha moments right now that I didn't yeah. expect to have from just looking at what's happening. Zach, you know, uh, the the uh, modern monetary theory was, was uh, goofed when John Maynard Keynes authored it uh, in the 30s. It, it, it's, it's been a, a, a bankrupt theory since then, and people you know, come to realize that over and over and over again when they read stuff like uh, Friedrich Hayek and uh, The Road to Serfdom and, and, and books like that. But um, there's one last thing I'll leave you with, and that's uh, Limbaugh had a great phrase. He called it the triumph of symbolism over substance. The idea that because it makes us feel good to try to do things for others, and social justice, by the way, is just another name for theft. Because there have been wrongs in the past, you're installing wrongs in the the present. That's what social justice is. It's theft. It's another name for it. And when you try and do stuff like that, you always end up doing more damage to the people you're allegedly trying to help. That's the only thing that happens. The only thing you can do is get people motivated or get out of their way to do for themselves. It's not like Ayn Rand. It's not like some people claim Ayn Rand is. Ayn Rand is you know, uh, helping others is, is fruitless. <laughs> it's not. You got it, but you got to get them to help themselves. Charles, I really appreciate the call uh, on this Monday morning. And like I said, some of the things you've raised are. Are, are questions that have been in my mind as I feel like I'm living in a real-life classroom right now. I think the last two years have been a real-life classroom. So, Charles, I, I appreciate the call. Uh, you know, and I want to put this uh, I, I want to put this out there. I, you know, I, I think the last segment may, it may have felt in, in some ways like a like a case for um, republicanism and small government, and, and some of you will hear that. You know, I will tell you, and I want this. You know, I'm, re- I'm a registered independent. Uh, when I tell you, I come at things where I, I'm not playing red shirt, blue shirt, team versus team. This to me is a real life, genuine. Huh? What about this? What about that? I'm not trying to, you know, make a case for something, but I'm 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 asking the questions of how. What is the most pragmatic, purposeful way that we can actually create more opportunity, more affordability, more quality of life? And the last two years have been a real lesson in that. I'll end with this, Matt, because I know we're over break, and I want to talk about what the City of Tucson's agenda is going to look like this week, because I think it's some issues we've been talking about. I was talking to a couple of organizers in our community here in Tucson, and they said, uh, they said, you know, it, it's starting to feel. These are organizers, by the way, um, and they are of the political party that you think of when I say the word organizers. They said it's starting to feel in the city of Tucson like it's a lot of warm hugs and slogans. Um, But I'm not sure that I'm seeing the results and the action that I want to see. It feels like we are getting the the we are getting the uh, performance over the substance. And I said, I, I don't know if I can disagree with you on that. I am asking the same questions on the show, not because I'm trying to throw rocks or poke people in the eye, but because I genuinely think this community can be doing better than it's doing. 
And I'm wondering what gets in the way and how do we actually help working families? And I think at the end of the day, both Republicans and Democrats probably generally do want to provide a hand up. The way to get there is very different. Uh, but I think everyone is mostly on the same page. Okay, Matt, kick me off of that soapbox. Get us out of here for uh, 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 our final segment. Last break. When we come back, the city of Tucson is going to discuss homelessness and policing on their agenda tomorrow. I told you what's happening on the county's agenda. The city's agenda is coming up next. My thoughts on the other side. National politics, the issues that matter to you. 1030 The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to earntolearn.org to find out more. Tucson. Have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona? Where we are more than just a food bank, with a clothing bank, youth and senior programs, where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. 
Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. This is Bill Buckmaster, the Monday political face-off during the noon hour on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. This is the Monday Morning News Hour edition of Tipping Point with me, your host, Zach Yenser, on AM 1030 KVOI, KVOI The Voice. Important to get that one right. It's a Monday. Uh, in the last segment, we talked about a lot of things, but one of which is uh, both the county, Pima County, and the city of Tucson, uh, to the two largest jurisdictions here in southern Arizona, are having their meetings tomorrow, Tuesday. I told you the big thing happening on the county agenda. As we head towards the city and cram as much as we can here in the last few minutes, the city of Tucson is receiving two updates uh, tomorrow one on homelessness and uh, response, and one on uh, policing. And uh, I at least want to focus on the policing one. There will be a, a, it's called an overview and update of Place Network Investigations, PNI. It's going to be at the study session tomorrow, April 5th. Uh, it's a it's it's a quote, and I'm reading from the materials. A holistic approach to reducing gun violence that is led by city officials and community leaders and informed by community members. And they basically say, look, there's these three decades of empirical research that tells us that violence is concentrated in a small number of places and largely committed by a small number of individuals. So we are, as TPD, focusing now on networks of places in small geographic areas over time. Uh, etc., etc., etc. I think the important, you know, takeaways are that PNI investigations uh, were begun in January of this year in Tucson, and there are three sites selected um, based on uh, identification as chronic violent hotspots. And here are the three 6200 South Campbell, it's in Ward 5, 2550 North Dodge. That's Ward 3, bordering Ward 6, and 7440 East 22nd. That's Ward 4, bordering Ward 2. And this is part of nas- uh, some national research and support, some national technical assistance and training. But those are the three PNI spots that, that TPD is saying we're going we're gonna to focus on these. Uh, PNI investigations are about focused interventions that reduce policing action in neighborhoods to exactly where necessary. And here's the point I want to make on that. I was, what is the word, alarmed, worried. Uh, My eyebrow went up when I found out that the last police academy of TPD produced only 15 new police officers. Now, these academies run, I think, two or three times a year. Uh, so let's say even if there's three. I think it's been two. The goal is three. Don't take my word for it, but it's two to three a year. That, at that rate, we're only looking at 30 to 45 new officers. I think that's barely keeping up with attrition. 
And the new police chief, uh, uh, Chad Kazmar, wants to get to 900 commissioned officers and 300 community service officers. So a, a force of 1,200 made up of 900 and 300. I mean, friends, at this, at this rate, that 900 number is going to take a long time. Certainly just based on new recruits. Now you can attract and you can recruit, uh, but a fresh men and women, you know, going through and becoming police officers, I don't see how 15 cuts it. And look, uh, if, if the goal is beginning to focus interventions that reduce policing actions in neighborhoods to exactly where necessary, here's my two-part thought on that. Part one is we are limited to that now. So, so, so this may have data behind it, but this is just about as good as we're going to get in the city of Tucson because our officers are just whack a mole issues and problems. I think most of our officers end up doing P&I because most are automatically attracted to these individ- to these areas because that is where the crime is happening and-, and are just really only able to react, not to prevent. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think P&I is good, data is good, I understand it, but I think that our goal and our vision needs to be how do we get back to community policing? Not community necessarily enforcement, but community policing, not over-policing, but how do we get back to a point where we have enough officers and men and women in our community to have real relationships at scale in and out of our communities on a, in a proactive level? I think if we merely say this is as good as it's going to get, this is what we're working on, and this is not the only policy. Like, Don't get me wrong. It's not just one thing, and this is a good thing, but it brings up to me some of these concerns. And I think we are going to get to a level where this community is going to again ask for community policing, where we have enough individuals creating relationships within and with our communities. That doesn't mean over-enforcement. It doesn't mean stuff that, you know, has to go get litigated in courts, whether it's legal or not. We're not talking stop and frisk, right? We're talking about having enough people in the community so that we aren't burning out our officers, we have enough relationships created, and we have proactive policing. We're not there today. This is good, but this can't be a crutch. I think we need to ask for a level of community policing that's effective. I didn't even get to homelessness. I have some time tomorrow. I'll cover it tomorrow, so don't worry. Uh, A housing first update from from the city of Tucson. Our officers are doing uh, a magnificent job um, with what they have. And there's just not enough for a community that is growing as fast and as large um, as ours is. And I think before long, based on the Hallmark Christmas movie nature of cities, our citizens in the city of Tucson specifically will be saying, hey, wait a second, 15, 30, 45 a year is not gonna cut the need that we have. We have to change um, our tone and our rapport um, with our law enforcement officers, I think. Uh, Hugh Hugh Hewitt's coming up next, Bill Buckmaster, after that, as always. When we come back tomorrow, more news and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenster. Thanks for being with us on this Monday morning news hour. See you tomorrow. (music) 